Welcome to Core Parenting Conversations with Kaylee. My name is Kaylee Kukla, and I've spent the last decade supporting children and families with challenging behaviors. As a mom of two, I appreciate how overwhelming and exhausting parenthood can often be. So I'm taking all of my book knowledge and combining it with real life experiences to change the dialogue around parenting. We'll have powerful conversations that always include practical tips so you can walk away feeling inspired and empowered to make simple yet impactful changes in your family's life. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to my second Behavior Bite episode. The Behavior Bite series is aimed to target specific, common early childhood behaviors in a format that is bite-sized, so easy to digest, so that you can get some quick information, understanding, and learn how to best respond to your child's behavior. And today we're talking about throwing. Throwing can take on so many different contexts in early childhood. It could be throwing things like off a high chair or out of the tub. It could be throwing things to see if the parent or caregiver is watching. So they might really be looking for interaction and connection. Maybe throwing in the context of being a little scientist. So they're throwing mulch and rocks and leaves just to see what happens. And finally, throwing things out of anger, like as a reaction to something that they don't like. So I want to take a moment and explain the reason why throwing is such a popular behavior and motion in early childhood so we can normalize it. I find that once we normalize and understand behavior, it takes the edge off of it a little bit for us parents so that we're less likely to take it personally, which is why I wanted to do this whole series, because once we don't take it so personally, we understand the behavior is happening in front of us. We're witnessing it. It's not happening to us or being done to us. We're able to respond a little bit calmer. I found, especially in the beginning of my gentle parenting journey, understanding my child's development just really took the edge off of things and was helpful. Helpful start. So first of all, let's break down throwing. There's a theory in early childhood about play schemas. Play schemas are simply play patterns that have been noticed and documented that most children engage in throughout early childhood to experiment and interact and better understand the world around them. One of those schemas is trajectory, quite literally an object's movement through space. And what is a great way to experiment with trajectory? Throwing. (laughs) This means throughout early childhood, we'll probably notice children picking up objects and throwing them, not to be mean or dangerous, but simply to just understand the world around them. This also incorporates gross motor movement patterns, which means these big muscle movement patterns Babies and toddlers are wired to exercise and flex, so to speak, because they need to gain control of big muscle groups, like when they sit up, stand, walk, before they gain control of the smaller muscle groups that are needed for things like using a fork or a writing utensil. 
in order to really streamline these muscle patterns, they need to practice certain movements like throwing. Now let's connect this to feeling emotionally flooded. So big feeling comes on, big emotion comes on, activates all of these feelings and the stress hormones surge through the body because let's say mom said no to ice cream. The stress hormones trigger the fight or flight response and this gross motor. So what happens is when that happens, all of these hormones activate these big muscle groups for flight. So like to the legs for running away or fight to the arms so we can throw, hit, grab, all right? So those are all these different pieces of developmentally and physiologically what's going on when we see or could be going on when we see throwing. Now, just because this is totally developmentally appropriate and it's an important skill to engage in, it does not mean we're going to encourage them to throw rocks at friends. Like that's not okay. We're going to still have boundaries around that. We can still find ways to help our children find safe ways to experiment with this play schema, build those gross motor muscles, and keep everybody safe. So let's start. We're going to go from like the easiest to the most difficult or maybe the most triggering situation. Let's start with experimental throwing. This could be picking up mulch at the playground and throwing it. I swear every time I go to a playground with mulch, I see this. Maybe they're even looking at you while they're doing it. The child isn't totally dysregulated. Okay, there's no screaming. There's no flailing. There's none of that. But they're curious about what could happen. Maybe they're curious about the mulch or maybe they're curious about is mom or is dad or is my loved one going to come over here? So they could even be bidding for attention. Like if they're feeling some of this low simmering dysregulation, they could be looking for some sort of interaction with their grown up. The first thing we want to do is we want to approach them calmly. So while you're walking over there, just remember, be like, oh, Kaylee said this was like a normal childhood experience. Um, I don't have to freak out about this. I can stay calm. I can handle this. Because if we rush over to them and raise our voice or we bring high stressed out energy, we're going to further activate their nervous system, which could potentially intensify the behavior. And it's also going to give a lot of power to that behavior, which is something we talked a lot about last week in the episode about hitting. If you've tried the Instagram parenting tips and tricks to gain connection and cooperation with your child and it's still not working, or maybe you just want to grow your parenting toolbox or grow your own personal skill set, if you feel confused about how to respond to some of your child's bigger behavior, or maybe you need the encouragement and accountability to make the changes you know you and your family need, CORE offers the weekly support and tools to make these powerful shifts within a supportive, uplifting community. We talk about real-life parenting, not the neat and clean two-dimensional examples given on social media. You can learn more about my core membership program by heading to www.kayleekukla.com backslash core. It's a month-to-month membership. You can cancel it at any time, no strings attached, and it's meant to be on-demand parenting support so you can access it 
when it's needed and when it's convenient for you. The link is in the show notes to learn more. And now back to this core conversation with Kaylee. So we want to just calmly go over there and get close to our child so we can establish that physical safety, you know, take the object out of their hands or be there to block it. Or oftentimes just our presence is enough to get their attention for a split second off of the mulch or off of whatever they're throwing and look at us and engage with us. So after that, after we calmly approach them, then we want to focus. This is so important. We want to focus on what they can do. We don't want to say things like stop throwing or don't throw or, oh my gosh, you almost hurt your brother. It almost got in his eyes. Don't throw it again. Because of their language processing abilities, their lagging language processing abilities, they'll just hear throw, throw. And they're picking up on your energy thinking, whoa, this is really a powerful action. And they can't grasp, okay, no throwing, stop throwing. They don't know, okay, what to do instead. Their brain doesn't switch gears like that. And they really just hear throw, throw, throw. Instead, think of what they can do. You can scoop mulch or you can put it back on the ground. So scooping, filling and dumping is actually a different play schema. It's actually, it can be a couple different ones. And so this is often a great replacement for behavior for kiddos who want to experiment with the mulch. Or sometimes if they're like throwing rocks or throwing sticks or something in an unsafe area, sometimes I'll try and find them a safe place to do that. Like if we're at a place with a body of water, you know, we like throwing rocks into ponds as long as no one's swimming in them. (laughs) So we live in Florida and we often find bodies of water that we can do this in. If that's not an option, then we can do something We can do a replacement behavior, filling and dumping the rocks or finding them or burying them or, you know, get creative. So if you're listening and saying, okay, I try to redirect my kids and they just don't. Here's two important components when we're practicing redirection with our children is I always pause and give them a chance to process what I'm saying. And older children, maybe even like four years old, they might have a different idea. And the thing is, is they don't have to do what I suggest. As they get older, they might come up with their own alternative ideas. And so I always try and give them a chance to assert those. Also, stay near and help them get started with the activity. Task initiation is an executive function. So therefore, it's a lagging developing skill in early childhood. They may not even have it yet if they're two, three might start developing for, but that task initiation can be really difficult. So we want to help them get started, start with them. I also stay and give them like one more check-in because sometimes I call it like a just checking behavior where they'll try it one more time just to check to make sure you're serious about the boundary. (laughs) Okay. So now what to do when your child throws out of anger? Remember, I often see this as like just a knee-jerk reaction. Okay, so that's what I'm going to talk about first. This is just a reaction, the gross motor, those stress hormones are surging to those big muscles to an overwhelm nervous system. And we don't want to add to the overwhelm by talking a lot, giving a lot of directions, or trying to reason with them. 
the language processing part of their brain when they're in this state is shut down. And that noise that we're making when we talk, that added demand of trying to process what we're saying will just further aggravate their stress response and typically just escalates the situation. Instead, we want to remember that our job is firstly to help regulate the nervous system and show compassion to help them figure out what to do and facilitate what to do when they cannot do it for themselves in that moment, which is to keep themselves safe. They're telling you they can't do that and that they need help. So if they do it as a one-off knee-jerk reaction to being told no, I just look past the behavior and I address the child's underlying feeling. Hmm, what's going on? Or you really want this or you really don't want this and go from there. Well, we can do this. We can put the bowl right here and wait till after dinner instead of throwing it. And I just keep moving on. That will help us get it ready for ice cream and just keep moving on. You really wanted to find your Lego guy and he's still missing. Ah, instead of throwing the other piece, let's look through the bin. And I just keep moving. I'm not going to dwell on the throwing and give it all that power. Remember, our response to the behavior is our most powerful teaching strategy. So if we focus more on trying to articulate their message, we validate them so they feel understood. We take the edge off of their reactivity and we model the skill we want them and we give that more power to what we want them to do. And if the throwing has escalated, if they're in a raging tantrum, what I tell parents is if you don't already have a safe place established, try to manage the environment the best you can. Remember, this is triage. Do the best you can with what you have available. So when I've been in these situations with children, I try and manage the environment, which means removing things that could become projectiles, getting them into a safer space. For us at our house, it's usually like the family room couch. There's nothing by that. And by maintaining the environmental safety and being the safe person in response to their big feelings, we are teaching them through experience that this emotion is safe. We don't even need to explicitly address it in the moment because they can feel it. And as they experience that emotion and safety together, they're learning emotional safety, which will then lead to the ability to regulate that feeling in more productive ways. And then we can go back and we can discuss things after the storm has passed, not during. There you have it, a little bite-sized nugget of information about hitting. Next week, we'll continue the Behavior Bite series with other common early childhood behaviors. If you enjoyed this podcast or maybe even learned something new, you can help me by sharing it with a friend, leaving a rating or review. All of those things really help out podcasters with encouragement and reach. If you'd like to dive deeper into understanding your child's behavior and learning helpful ways to respond, check out my core membership program. It's a super affordable way to gain access to a huge library of workshops, ebooks, tools, and a weekly Q&A with me to take these general nuggets and personalize them to your family, all within the safe space of a like-minded community. I so appreciate you being here. Have a wonderful week. 